say good black don't crack, they're not wrong. What's your secret? But if we think that to look better is to certainly get a better spirit in our heart and uh, to work every day to become a better wife, a better mother, a better friend, a better sister, then those values and attributes alone will make us more beautiful than we are now. Spirit, own it! Take a minute and know that you are this power. the fire that our ancestors lit that carried us. Teach our children to claim their destiny. I say it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman. Phenomenal. How can that girl be the best anything when Catwoman is around? You know exactly who I am and what I'm capable of. Just like I know exactly what you are. Welcome to On the Wake Up Radio. Yes. Um, this is Divine Femininity and um eight minutes late. Yeah, so you, we could do that. So today's show is about motivation. I'm gonna engineer. I'm gonna play the clips and I'm gonna say the shit I gotta say. I'm gonna fill in all the spots today. But nonetheless, I said I was gonna do it. We're gonna do it. Um, so eh, sometimes it's like that. It's like when you show you ever go to work and it's like 107 degrees or it's negative 15. And you're laying in there in the bed and you're thinking to yourself, am I just coming to work? Why am I going in? Why am I going in? And you go, no, I'm going to go in. And you get there. And you're pretty much only one Jamaica, I was having a whole conversation by myself. Oh, my. <laughs> no one's here? Nobody's here. Jackie. You're me. Can yeah, you me? Yeah. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? Today's show is about motivation on the Wake Up Radio's Divine Femininity. And we're going to, um, I don't know, we're going to talk about motivation today. Okay. We've, we've been off for a while, so uh, I get it, right? I was just saying it's like on those days when you wake up and it's negative zero or 107 degrees and you go, I'm not going to work. And you go, no, I'm going to get out of bed and go to work. And then you get to work and nobody's there. Right. <laughs> I've done that. I've been like, damn, I have stayed in a bit, you know, like that. But you're like, no, no, no. This will be when it's really nice and everybody has to come to work. I'll have the day off like that. Mm. <laughs> That's <That's fair>. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. But... Okay. So, um, all right. So let's check out this life lessons from a, from a woman that conquered Wall Street. Making a mistake does not make you special. Everybody makes a mistake. What makes you special is how and if you get up. They said, Carla, why don't you talk about the pearls that you would have given to your 25-year-old self after being a woman on Wall Street for 30 years. So here's how it goes. Dear Carla, the first thing that I'd like to tell you is own your power. When people are starting to question whether or not you can, and you start to doubt whether or not you can, red flag, you have just given away your power. The next thing I'd like to tell you, Carla, is you must be comfortable taking risks. 
If you never reach far enough to hit that wall, you won't know how far you can go. What's the worst that can happen if you take a risk and it doesn't work out? So you fail. But guess what? Failure always brings you a gift. And that gift is called experience. The third piece of advice, Carla, is remember that it is easier to beg for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. The fourth piece of advice, and Carla, this is a big one. If you meet somebody, a guy or a gal, that you are interested in, and they tell you that you are too much for them, they are right. Do not dim your light for somebody else's convenience. The fifth piece of advice, Carla, is you must celebrate your victories often. There'll be lots of things that will happen in life that might make you sad, that might make you pause. So when the great things happen, no matter how small, celebrate. When it's your birthday, celebrate all month. My next piece of advice, Carla, don't worry about making mistakes. And oh, by the way, making a mistake, Carla, does not make you special. Everybody makes a mistake. What makes you special is how and if you get up. The next piece of advice, life is a journey. Don't be in such a hurry to go towards things. Enjoy every single lesson that life brings you. And then finally, I say to you, as my good friend Judith Adu said to me, this is real life. This ain't no dress rehearsal. So make sure that you go for it all of the time. Put your foot on the gas no matter what it is and go for it. You have absolutely nothing to lose. If you are stuck and you're not sure whether or not you should try something, always default to the try. You already are clear about what no looks like, so why wouldn't you play for yes? And as I close, I say to you, Carla, when you empower other people, you magnify and amplify your impact. You have all the goods that you need in order to maximize your success. Sincerely, Carla. That was beautiful. It was. Oh, she was power. She is power. I think she didn't say it at all. <laughs> Everything she said. I think she didn't say it at all. Um, I know one thing I would say is, is, you know, family that, you know, the people you think are family are not always family. You know, when you study fighting for something, you know, and they're not fighting for you, you know. I would tell my young self that because I was always fighting to, you know, get my family to accept and love me for who I am. And once I seen that the fight was over, I was just fighting myself. I had to let go and leave it alone. That's deep. Jackie? Um, I think I would tell my young self to accept some of the traumas that I experienced um, in my youth, not as, as a burden, but as um, necessary life lessons that molded me. 
had it not been for those things, I wouldn't be who I am today. So I wish that I didn't take so much time of my youthful, my youthful years, um, carrying around the traumas as burdens because they're not a burden to me today. They're mm -hmm. testimonies. I, I just wish I would have known the difference back then. Yeah. Um, yeah, both of you guys are just like, you guys have me thinking. And I didn't really have anything because like you said, she said it all. But mm -hmm. something I would say to myself is that even when others aren't patient, I'm a very patient person. It's it's sometimes disgusting. But when others aren't patient, it's okay. Right? Can't take everybody with you. Mm -hmm. Right? Not everybody gets the formula or gets what you're trying to do. And I think that's why I wanted to do motivation because one thing about you ladies that I love is that everyone's striving to be as great as they were yesterday. You don't find that every day, you know, to be, I get goosebumps. You don't find that every day. Um, just speaking to you or speaking to Jackie or Maxine or, you know, just speaking to any of the ladies, it's just one of those, like, you can still learn from people. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. And so I definitely appreciate you ladies. But other than that, um, yeah, I wouldn't, what would I tell myself? It would probably be a bunch of love stuff, you know. <laughs> Don't go with that guy. Leave that motherfucker alone. Shit like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Ain't no good. <laughs> love yourself. My goodness. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. You think you love yourself until you find somebody that's insane and you'd be like, oh shit, what is this? Right. What is the one with me? Mm -hmm. that part okay let's see um let's check out the da -da 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 -da. okay we're gonna go there can you see that ladies yes okay this is uh psychological triggers explain what is the psychological trigger Robert Childani and some of his team conducted a whole range of behavioural experiments, but one of them that was most interesting that really describes what a, a psychological trigger is was done at the University of Arizona where they basically got um, a scrub turkey in its natural habitat and they started to play with the scrub turkey and see how it responded in very predictable ways. So the first thing that they did is they actually got access to a polecat. So they basically put the polecat in the environment with the scrub turkey that was nesting. So it had chicks in its nest. The polecat tried to attack the turkey's chicks and the scrub turkey actually defended its nest and killed the polecat. Who would agree? That's predictable. One of the babies actually died. So they actually got the baby that had died, the little chick that had died. They took it to a taxidermist, got it completely stuffed, came back and put it back into the pen. And guess what the mother did when they put it back in the pen? Nothing. Didn't do anything, completely ignored it. And they thought, hmm, okay, fairly predictable. It's a dead toy, basically. So then they thought, well, let's see what happens if we actually put a sound device inside the stuffed chick that emanates the same frequency of chirp as all the other chicks, and then put that stuffed animal back into the environment. And guess what the scrub turkey did? She waddled over, started rolling over, and rolled the stuffed toy into her nest and started nesting it and trying to feed it. Now, what does that tell you? What social science discovered that when certain psychological triggers are activated, it actually will, in some cases, force a very predictable behavior where all other visual and sensory information is completely ignored. Now, they went one step further. 
they stuffed the polecat that had been killed in the first experiment, and then they stuffed the sound device inside the polecat that had been killed in the first experiment. So now they have a stuffed cat that's making a cheeping noise, and they put it in the habitat of the scrub turkey. And guess what the scrub turkey did? Rolled it over into her nest, squashing other babies, and then sat on it and tried to nest it and feed it. This basically means that there are certain psychological triggers that once activated are so powerful, not only does it force them to ignore other sensory information, it actually forces them to behave in ways that you would consider in many cases totally irrational. Who has seen people in certain situations when their buttons are pushed act completely irrational? Imagine the scrub turkey for a moment. What was the key trigger that determined the very predictable behavior in the scrub turkey? Cheap, cheap, cheap. The moment it heard the cheap, it literally activated something in its brain to behave in a very predictable way and ignore everything else. That was interesting. I got a different view on it because I understand that certain things can trigger us to do the same shit over and over again. Maybe I'm looking at it too human-like, right? Mm -hmm. The bird lost its child. I'm a mother. Right, there's there mother to all to everyone. So you know, there's so many phases we go through, right? In loss, in love, in life. There's so many phases. There are things that we've been through. Uh, we've lost brothers, sisters, family members, children, and you go through this. Uh, they call it denial, or you know, you go through that. So to me, I felt like the the bird didn't want to fuck with it because it was just like I'm not dealing with that. I mean. I, the fact that a cat is chirping and it doesn't know the difference. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Is that now, uh, is that now, I guess when, you know, they say women have mental defects, Denial. right? Where we, we, you know, there are moments where certain things will trigger us and then we become irrational, but mm -hmm. you know, dude, I don't, it's to me, it's like really sensitive. I don't think it's so cut and dry. Right. I think it depends nature versus nurture. I think so, certain things are instant, but sometimes it's not so instant because, yeah, as your mother, you're supposed to know how to do certain things. But I think that's the, the oldest lie in the book. I see it as forgiving, too, because he killed that. That's the same one he killed. I'm pretty sure that, you know. I peeped that, too, right? Oh, my mm -hmm. God. I'm done. Let me. I don't know. I just saw it as, as something different. I think for me, I'm going to tell you what one of my triggers is. A liar. Mm. I despise a liar. And I think it's because so many, so much was taken from me um, without my permission that I am big on having my choice. I want my choice no matter what, right. you don't get to take it from me. You don't get to take that from me. Had I had the opportunity to make a choice back in the day when I was younger, I would have said no, had I had a choice. So for me, a liar is a trigger for me because what that means is that you are trying to rob me of making a sound decision. Uh, or, you know, of sound mind, I would say no, 
if I had an option, but when a liar lies to you, you're making a decision based off of a lie. That bothers, I, when I tell you, I will literally black out from a lie. And I feel like it's, it's somebody just sending those, I use this term all the time, handling me. I do not like to be handled. I don't want to stoop to the level of playing mind games with people. Mm -hmm. Life's too short for that. Either you are upfront and direct or you're not because I am. You may not like my delivery. You may not like the, you know, the way that I say things because I'm very blunt. But what I'm not going to do is lie to you. And if I'm wrong, tell me. Tell me how you feel. If you feel a certain type of way about something that I did, say it. And that's the deal breaker for me. The lie. Because I feel like the lie is like an ultimate betrayal. And those are triggers. For, that's a trigger for me. Psychological yep. trigger. But how do you cope? I, I cut people off. Period. Without a question. Because you're not, a, you're not valuable. You're, you're not a value to me in my life. That's detrimental to have people around you that you can't trust. You can't sleep at night. And I want to sleep and keep my peace. So if I got to walk my path alone, then so be it. The, the scenery is beautiful. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I cope. Mm -hmm. That's a sexy answer. Yes. <laughs> like drop the mic and walk away type shit. Jamaica? Mm -hmm. um, I can relate to that. Um, and what also goes with that, I think, is loyalty. You know, everything she just said is loyal. You know, if I'm loyal to you and I expect the same from you, you know, once you show me different, then I can't, I can't deal with you. And how do you, how do you cope? I, I leave them alone. I leave them alone. I mean, it's like I said, it's just like being lied to. You got to let, let them go. You got to release them. Is that the only answer to just leave people for dead? Is that really the only answer? Yeah. You show, you prove that you cannot be loyal to me. I mean, there's times where you, you know, sometimes I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of people didn't gave people chances. You can only give them so many chances. No, I agree. I think I think for me, it's um, I do like when people are themselves, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, and I have said it. You know, somebody be like, "Oh, that person's narcissistic," or "That person has a big head." I don't mind. Right. I don't mind. I really don't mind the narcissistic. Not that I want a whole bunch of them in my life, but right. I don't. I don't mind people being themselves. I think for me, um, what triggers me is the way that you're treated. When it when it doesn't work out the way that someone treats you and that is you could be in a relationship with someone for infinite years and then you break up and then you hear these crazy things and you're thinking to yourself did i just spend fucking six years with this person who is now saying that i'm this this and that i think for me that's that's what triggers me because it's almost like wow you have amnesia i didn't know you busted your head you get what i'm saying it's like for me that and how do I cope with that? And like you said, I leave it alone, right? Right. What, what the old folks say? Let God. <laughs> let go. And let they God. say let go and let God. <laughs> and I, I, I think it's, it's just one of those things. I think a lot of times people are trying. Girl, let me tell you. One day I got on a train years ago, and I had tapped. It was a black man. He was on the LIR, and I had tapped him to ask him, "Is this, a, is this train going to Penn Station?" And I said, excuse me, sir. And he said, don't you put your 
fucking filthy fucking hands on me. Oh, wow. I was in so much shock. And this man done cussed me out through the whole goddamn train ride. Apparently, he didn't like when people touch him. I didn't know that because I don't work for them. And so I'm just saying, it'll be the little things. You ever seen people yelling and screaming and you're like, why are they acting like that? Or somebody goes out to dinner and then shit goes left, 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 left. Mm-hmm. It'll be the the smallest, littlest, minute thing that reminded them of something so horrible that they can't even stand the sight of you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm 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 always like interested in the whole psychology of how human beings. Girl, it only took me five years to get a bachelor's in psychology. <laughs> it only took me five years. Yeah. So we're gonna go to um all right. How do we motivate our children? Um but while we do that, uh Jackie, talk about your business and then Jamaica. Yes, ma'am. I am um owner of Joni's products, which is um uh, hair, skin, and wellness business, and I make shea butters, um, beard oils, hair products, uh, CBD products, um, facial soaps, soaps, all of that good stuff. And um, you can find me on Instagram at Joni Products um, LLC, and on Facebook at Joni Products. FB. And I am now uh, um, operations, uh, business operations manager for On the Wake Up Radio with Miss Cindy Ashby awesome. and her productions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll be doing, um, you know, scouting for some new content creators um, very shortly. So that's another uh, piece of the business. And thank you, Sister Cindy. I appreciate it. Thank you, Sister Jamaica. I'm excited. I know. And now, Jamaica. Jamaica got some fly. Girl, y'all don't even know. I'm saying it now. We're saying it now. When I got my stuff, because Jackie, I know how you feel. When I got my stuff, I was just like, oh, this is so amazing. <laughs> like a little kid. I want to say it's your stuff. Your stuff, Jackie's stuff, Maxine's stuff. When I get it, I'll, I'll put it on my altar. Mm-hmm. It just feels right. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. no, no, tell them what you're doing. Tell Appreciate you. Okay, so um, right now I don't have like the website and all that stuff in place. Um, I am working um, on an IG page just for my products. Um, I do a little bit of everything. Um, I have crystals. I um, sell crystals. I jewelry from crystals. I make my own jewelry as well. Um, You know, you need any type of chakra crystals or anything. I you know, I am the go-to person. I can get it. If I don't have it, I definitely can get it and order it. Um, on that note, I also do uh, logos. I taught myself how to do logos. I'm currently learning how to create um, websites, um, your own web page, um, things of that, you know, um, doing a little bit of everything. Um, and pretty soon I'll have my own natural hair care line. 
And once I have everything all together, I will come back and provide all the information right now. Like I said, I'm just starting everything up and getting everything put together. I want to have everything in one piece before I, you know, start sending people out there. You're dope. Just drop the cash app. Drop the cash app. <laughs> oh, oh. Trying to place my order. <laughs> cash app. Uh, it's it's um it's Kansas Queen seven seven seven. But I'm, I'll be sure. I'm gonna place my pre order. I'm yeah. telling you that. Oh my God! When I opened the package, <laughs> the fragrance, <laughs> the fragrance from your Pelo Santo. Oh, Sister Jamaica, I'm, I'm a fragrance person, and I'm I'm gonna tell you mm-hmm. that fragrance is everything. It's everything. Yeah. I don't even want to burn them yet. I promise <laughs> you, I don't. I'm just they're just I could just smell them, mm-hmm. but on point, on point. So yeah, I encourage you to hurry up. But just drop that uh, cash app so I can go on and place my pre-order. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Okay, guys. So we're going to move on to how do we motivate our children. My mom would be at all my sporting events. Let's say I was playing football, okay? My mother would be on the sidelines. And if the play on the field started going one way, my mother would run along like, Mark, get him, get him. I'd be like, oh, my gosh. I'd get in the huddle with the other guys, they go, Mark, is that your mother? I go, no, I never saw her before in my life. (laughs) The greatest gift my mother ever gave me, she believed in me. I have overdosed on drugs on three occasions where I should have been dead. But I believe I was kept here for a reason. You show me your friends, I will show you your future. How do I know this? I hung out with losers and I became the biggest loser of them all because I gave up everything I dreamt about as a little boy because of who I chose to surround myself with. My friends would drive me home at two, three, four in the morning. We'd be drunk and high, laughing in the car. We'd pull up in front of my house in New York. They'd go, Mark, Mark, the light's on. i go, oh man, my mother's up. See, my mom wouldn't go to bed until she knew her son was still alive. I'd walk in, she'd say, Hi, Mark. How was your night? I go, it was good, Mom. I'm just going to go to bed. She goes, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? I go, Mom, I'm tired. I'm just going to go to bed. She goes, Mark, I haven't seen you all day and all night. Can I please talk to you? I said, man, just leave me alone. You bug me. I slammed my bedroom door on the one person who believed in me. I was on a worldwide tour when we were wrestling overseas in Japan. After my wrestling match, I went upstairs in my hotel room and I fell asleep. There was a knock at my door at 3 o'clock in the morning. I got out of bed, and I looked through the safety window, and I could see it was a Japanese promoter. So I opened the door, and he said, Mark, you need to call home. There's been an emergency. I went and got on the hotel room phone. I called back to the United States. I said, hey, what's going on? They said, Mark, I don't know how to tell you this. I said, just tell me what happened. All of a sudden, I started crying. They go, Mark, I can't tell you. I said, just say it. I said, Mark, your mother died. I just threw the phone down. I ran out of my hotel room. I took the elevator to the lobby and when the doors opened up, I just ran out into the street. I mean, there was no cars, there was no people. It's three o'clock in the morning. And I walked down the middle of a street in Hiroshima, Japan. 
And I remember looking up and just saying, Mom, I am so sorry. I flew home for her funeral and I was so nervous to walk up to her casket, so I just stood way in the back. And I kept looking from a distance. I kept thinking to myself, Mom, please wake up. Please get up. And then I finally got the nerve to walk up to her. And as I got closer, I could see my mom for the first time. I mean, she was so beautiful. She, she was dressed in white. I mean, she looked like an angel. And I just stood over and I said, Mom, you are my hero. Everything I am, everything I hope to be was because of you. You loved me so much. You gave me a life. You're the only one that ever believed in me. How did I repay her? By getting drunk, by getting high, by getting stupid, by hanging out with losers? For what? All she ever wanted to do was talk to me. I wish I could talk to you now, Mom. I wish you could see what I'm doing. Why couldn't I have been a better son? We are defined by our choices. But if you surround yourself with people involved in drugs and alcohol and pills, it's a dead end. I'm not here to preach to you. I'm here to tell you I lived that life. It leads to broken hearts, broken relationships, broken dreams, and death. For what? To get high? If you have a mother or a father, when you go home, tell them how much you love them. See, my whole life was about being rich and famous. I had to be a millionaire. I had to win the race. I had to win the race to expense my marriage, my family, my friends for what? To be all alone in the world? I learned what is truly important, and that is how precious this gift of life is and our families and how quickly it can be taken away. See, I no longer live in time. I live in moments. See, it's not what's in your pocket that matters. It's what's in your heart that truly matters. Love, love is just a word until somebody comes along and gives it meaning. You, you're the meaning. Oh my God, tearjerker. I'm not gonna lie to you. You know why stuff like that? And that was about how do we motivate our children, but... One thing I, I will say, and I'm going to be honest, not the best relationship with my mother. But for me, it's more of how I'm a mother to my children. There are things that I wouldn't do. I wouldn't say. I wouldn't uh, betray. Uh, I often tell my children, you tell me. My job as your mother is to carry your burden. Your burden of whatever you're going through. Because out here is rough. Mm -hmm. people will come for you and I think when I listen to that I just you know you just hope that uh, you are not repeating what you went through because you always felt like there could have been for me I always felt like there could have been more love this is why I miss my grandmother every day but I, I did grow up with my grandmother so that's why I have that in me I can't imagine like if I just grew up with my mother I'd be a different chick I wouldn't even have time for none of y'all do you get what I'm saying? Um, it's more of like a, 
she's a bit of a narcissist, but it's more of a like me, 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 me. My grandmother used to say, what's worse than having no children? One. Um, <laughs> cause you pour everything into them and they could be like, fuck you, ma, you know, fuck you that, you know, but then it's the other side. And I remember like, even, even my dad, I love him so much. My dad was on his hiatus, his cook, crack binge. Do you get what I'm saying? I love my, like, and the only reason I said to someone is that I, I got the wrong, the wrong perception of how drugs work. Because my father was the kind of person that says, I'm going to bring you a bike at 12. He would bring me a fucking bike at 12. He was a functional, kind-hearted drug addict. Do you get what I'm saying? So when I, you know, when you hear how other people were, you know, what they went through. I had a brother, Puerto Rican brother from Harlem that had to buy his mother heroin at eight years old. Uh, he bought her heroin and just to, to keep her happy because he said she had so much trauma, so much trauma that the only time she was happy is when she was high, you know, and it's not until I think he said it was like, it's not until he turned 18, his mother caught HIV from his brother because they were shooting up. But his brother, the, the, um, the brother of his mother, a uncle, he was out there getting, you know, you know, when you share the needle, you don't know what the fuck you share the needle. But, and so basically I think for me, it's, it's just like, how are we t- treating our children? Cause I can't really sit in the past and go, well, she didn't hug me. She didn't kiss me. She didn't, do you get what I'm saying? So I just wanted to know, how are we motivating our children? Ooh. Um, I have, I have, I have three plus one bonus, all daughters. Um, I, I grew up in a very strict home, a home that we could not talk about, um, a birth control relationship. You, you're a heathen, a slut, um, all kinds of stuff if you were curious about boys before a certain age um it was forbidden with my daughters i make sure that i keep that communication open and honest with them um from young because as females um a lot of well and and males but when you're children you got a lot of predators out here and i can only you know, I teach them based off of my experience as um, a, a, a human being, number one, and then as a female, number two. Um, all I want them to know is that if there's anything that troubles them, anything that bothers them, no matter what it is, never feel like you can't come and talk to me about it. And if you feel like you're trapped, you're stuck, talk to me because I may have a solution for you. I may not. I'll find one. Um, and at the end of the day, I want them to be who they are comfortable with being. So if they choose to date the same sex, then that's what they choose. And I'm still going to love them and support them and uplift them regardless because these are all life's lessons that we all have to learn so that's how i keep my girls encouraged be your truest you 
be proud of who you are. If you feel like you were trapped mentally, talk to me about it so we so we can work it out. And um, I, I always talk to them about what they want to be in life. Where do you want to go? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? And we build on that. Um, so, you know, just to kind of sum it up, my oldest daughter, she's 25, but she's an artist. She went to Duke Ellington uh, School of Performing Arts. Amazing talent. And she hit the streets on me. Um, it was a it was a very stressful time because I had to take my hands off of my child to allow her to learn. Mm -hmm. And while she was learning, I happened to come across all the artwork stuffed behind a dresser in her bedroom. And I took her artwork, I contacted a web developer, I took pictures of everything, and I said to him, this is my daughter's work. And he said, well, where's your daughter? I said, um, learning life. And while she's learning, I know this is something that would inspire her. So go ahead and build a website for, and the name of that business is Mistress Anju LLC, because the name my daughter goes by is Mistress Anju. She has a business and didn't even know that this was being created while she was out exploring life and learning mm -hmm. some hard lessons. Mm -hmm. So um, when she came back and when it was time for her to return, when she had learned what she needed to learn is what I put in front of her to let her know anything is possible in this lifetime. Anything. If you just stay on the straight and narrow, just stay on the right path, uh, learn lessons, but never forget that you, you still have a legacy to live, to leave mm -hmm. behind. Like you mm -hmm. have to leave your footprint in this earth. Um, you know, um, and I, and I teach all my girls that, and, and that's how I try to keep them encouraged just to be who they are. And with me, I would say, you know, um, I as well didn't, wasn't, you know, too much, didn't get along or didn't see eye to eye with my mother. I wasn't a troubled child at all. Actually, I was the quiet one. <laughs> and in her eyes, you know, I was the sneaky one, but because I was quiet, I guess I was sneaky or whatever. But I was just always, you know, the shy, quiet one that kept to myself. Um so, you know, we kind of bumped heads. And plus, we were the same sign. We are the same sign, I should say. Uh, there's a lot of things that I didn't agree with um, as a child growing up. There's a lot of things that I learned from um, as an adult that brought me over to, you know, motherhood. Um, you know, as a young mother, I still had a lot to learn. So I was still learning with my first child. And, it, you know, I actually once I had the other two because I have three as well. I actually crafted it, you know, it's like, okay, this is where I messed up. This is where I need to improve. So um, me supporting my kids is my biggest thing, you know, um, and I tell them, I would do anything in the world for you as long as you have a mission, as long as you have a goal and you, you know, live out that, you know, be 100% sure that's what you want to do. I will support you. You know, I'm like my kids' biggest fans. You know, all three of my kids, they do music and they all have their own separate talents as well. Um, and I'm, I'm there for them. Like I say, I'm, I'm their biggest fan. I support them in school when they're in like school plays, talent shows, everything. I'm there for them. 
And as well, um, as you said, Jackie, I tell them that they can come and talk to me about anything, which they do. They're, they're pretty open, you know, we have a pretty open home to where everything is on the board, on the table that we're going to discuss. If you have something to say, let me know and we can work it all out together. And I think that's probably, you know, something that I didn't have growing up and I wanted to make sure, you know, like you say, there's a lot going on nowadays and these kids are adapted to a lot and it's a lot of, it's stressful. And a lot of people don't realize how these kids stress as well. You know, my son sit there and tell me, mom, this stuff that's going on right now is stressing me out. And, you know, and I see that and we, and a lot of us got to open up to that and realize that, you know, these kids are stressing as well. So, you know, just kind of have that type of open, you know, communication with them. No, I mean, I think about how, um, I don't know, you guys remember any of your elders, like your uncle, your grand aunt, do you get what I'm saying? The mm -hmm. stuff they used to tell you and you'd be like, well, that shit stayed with me. That definitely stayed with me. I think that's what's missing. You know, right. TV is taking over. Everybody's so right. busy working. And you think it would have got better in 2020 because everyone was locked in the house. Mm -hmm. But at the end, people were somehow more divided. I don't know. It, if it was, was because people didn't want to deal with their own kids. They didn't know how to. The school system was their parents. And we've seen that. Mine, mine started at two here in D.C. They take them at two as long mm. as they'll be three by September. The tiniest little things in uniforms. But yeah, they were able to start at two years old, depending on where their birthday landed. Um, you just have to be careful about where you send your children to school as well. Because those are the parents mm -hmm. during the majority of the day, every day. Right. Um, they're a huge presence in our children's lives and influence. Um, I was a, more of an overprotector. Um, it was kind of hard to, you know, for me to get them out to that early. I didn't, I wasn't ready. So I went on to let them start, you know, at the age of four. So. Oh my God. So mine didn't start till they got to second grade. I kept them at home as long as I freaking could. Every once in a while, if I had to do something, mm -hmm. I would take them to like a daycare place. But they were able to talk. And so I was able to kind of ask them, how's your day? You know, they were snitches. Oh, my <laughs> God. I love that they were snitches. And I know most parents hate that when the kids are like, but I loved it because mm -hmm. the kid is like three, four years old. Like, and so Miss so-and-so, and then she hit Bobby, and then Bobby fell aground. And you're like this. This shit sound like a whole fucking movie. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think for me, it was more of, I just didn't want them to go to school without me teaching them how to read, write, know your address, know your numbers, you know, get them to understand it starts at home first. Oh, yeah. You do get what I'm saying? Because oh, yeah. what happens is a lot of times children, they start school and they fall in love with the teacher. Imagine 36 hours in labor. The mm -hmm. fuck teacher gets the fucking the fucking ribbon, the prize, you know, it's like, are you kidding me? You know what I'm saying? And you only want it better. You, you know, it's the only reason we work harder and we, but then sometimes it's the simple things. It's the simple things like 
the things that I never heard. And not never, like I'd hear it from my grandmother. So I know it's possible. But to hear I love you, to be hugged and kissed, to be told you're smart, even to be told jokes. Do you get what I'm saying? And I've been on the phone with both of you ladies, and you guys are amazing with your children. My children don't have time for me, by the way. You <laughs> you ladies are amazing with your children. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Joke, laugh, get serious. You know what I'm saying? Okay, let's go. Let's go to the store. Let's do this. Even like having friends come over because I'm big on that. Yeah, your friends could come. I'd rather they come here because I don't right. know what's going on over there. And so I, I just think that we can you save everybody? No. But if you could influence everyone around you to just love on their child like they want it to be loved. You know what I'm saying? Let them get away with murder and shit. I'm, not that I wouldn't rebury the body. It's my children. But <laughs> it's it's just... Just getting them right. Because one of the things I always tell them, when I'm dead and gone, you have to figure it out. That's right. And I want you to be able to figure this shit out. So if you're going to be, if you're going to be, and I know this, this, this sounds fucked up, because there were moments where I would, they would come on with fucked up grades. And I'd be like, what's this? Uh, because I said, don't worry about it. Let's get in the car. We get down to the train station. I'd be like, I got some papers in the back with some markers. What are we doing? Man, we about to, I'm about to put y'all downstairs in the train station back for some money. Because, man, them grades, shit, you're going to be the best motherfucking <laughs> mom. I'm leaving this bitch before I leave this earth. And they'd be like, oh, my God. Nah, wow, we can't do that. And I said to them, I'm your mother. I mean, some mothers don't, but I'm going to keep it a buck with you fucking up let me show you what it looked like let me look i ain't even gonna hold you let me show you what it looked like you're gonna do this or get your grades out. and i'm not saying school is everything just do the fucking basics half the fucking shit is his story any fucking way so it's a lie so let me tell you the truth and then this is the answer for the test you get what i'm saying and so i just want them to be even if they were dictators see that's what i was trying to raise dictators never could get me a fidel a fucking I don't know how many other dictators there are out there. Mm -hmm. It was dictators. I was always for that. And so I think I think it's like what what you want to pour into you, you should pour into your children plus more. Because nature and nurture is really not a thing. It's not. Oh, let me see if you have the same answer. You go in to get checked, right? You know how you go for your pregnancy appointment and then they go we got to keep you and you're like what first thought in my head i didn't fucking eat <laughs> and i did i wanted to know how many pregnant women went in just knew they was gonna leave and then fucking tear some food up and then you were stuck at the hospital because that was a thing that was traumatic for me i know that was like a that girl moment, but that was traumatic. I was like, God damn. And you're in labor for mad long. And who knows when you fucking gonna eat again? Cause they want to give you that, that hospital food sucks. I don't get nobody. Right. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's from the beginning. It's from the kind of like the beginning and the end. You can write all the shit you want to write about your children, what you want them to be, how you want the class to be. Man, just take the paper and crumble it and figure it out.
Mm-hmm. That's just the way shit is. Okay, let's see what we got here. Ladies, y'all doing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. We're going to check out another man's life story. Would you change anything? All right, here's the story. I started doing stand-up comedy when I was 14. I'll never forget the first time I was on stage. The guy that introduced me was a guy named J.T. Newton. I'm 47. I can close my eyes and remember the introduction like it was yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, this next young man coming to the stage is starting his comedy career tonight. Who knows? We may be witnessing the birth of a star. From the first time that I ever held a microphone, I was sure this was it. I used to bust them people's apartments, just stop me those things. Put the money on the floor, man. Get on the floor. Don't move. All right, I'm going to get out of here nice and slow, all right? I don't want any trouble. I got good. Matter of fact, I was good from the moment I started. And I'm not saying this to be a bragging. I'm telling you the truth. These old niggas was in awe of me. How is this little boy so poised? Now, you've got this this show, and I've seen ads for it everywhere, so they're really out promoting it. It looks like a funny show. This is it. This is the first episode. Y'all ready? It's a, some sketch comedy. Y'all ready to see some sketches? Did you know, before Chappelle's show was at Comedy Central, I pitched that show to HBO. They said, literally, what do we need you for? That's what they told me. As they kicked me out of the office. What do we need you for? You made this deal, Comedy Central, huge deal, $50 million deal. Everybody's talking about it. What are you going to do with that money? How has this changed your life? Tom Murphy! <laughs> you know what dog food tastes like, do you? It tastes just like it smells. Delicious. So long, fried rice. Hello, fried chicken. <laughs> I love you, Dan. His career exploded after The Chappelle Show on Comedy Central. But he suddenly abandoned the show at the height of his success. You had the uh, Dave Chappelle show at Comedy Central, and then you didn't have the Dave Chappelle show at Comedy Central. And 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 in in comedy, the reason most people have a show and then don't have a show is because they say, "Well, we don't want you to have a show anymore." The case here was, you said, "I guess you said I don't want your show anymore," and you uh, took a hike. Everybody wants to know why'd you walk away from fifty million dollars. I was doing sketches that were funny, but socially irresponsible. I felt like I was deliberately being encouraged and I was overwhelmed. People were saying though that you were on drugs, you lost your mind, you went into a mental institution. What is true, what is not? When I quit my show, they said I was crazy. What was crazy about it? I just didn't want to do it anymore. You know, but there was all sorts of speculation. Is he crazy? Did he have a breakdown? Is he on drugs? And the more, if you really read the Dave Chappelle story, it almost seems like it was more peace of mind than it was about money. It's like you're getting flooded with things and you don't pay attention to things like your ethics yeah. or when you get so overwhelmed. And there's some quote that someone had told me. It says, success takes you where character cannot sustain you. People think I made a lot of money for Chappelle's show. When I left that show, I never got paid. They didn't have to pay me because I signed the contract. But is that right? When a hero stumbles, well, the cowards rejoice. 
Nothing feels better to a coward than to watch a brave guy fall. It's okay to be afraid, because you can't be brave or courageous without fear. The idea of being courageous is that even though you're scared, you just do the right thing anyway. When I quit the show, all my friends would say, well, then fuck them, Dave. Why don't you just do Chappelle's show at another network? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why doesn't a slave run from one plantation to another plantation because the master over there might be nicer? And here we are all these years later, and they're streaming the very show that I was pitching to them. So I'm asking them, what do you need me for? You're going to pay me. I am inviting you to come with me and work with me. And let's fight against that terrible, terrible feeling that you made me feel together. We can fight together or, or, I can just take it. When I took 12 years off and you put me right back on top when I came back, I couldn't thank you enough. You have kept me free. I have not had to do what so many of my colleagues have to do because of you. And when you stopped watching it, they called me and I got my name back and I got my license back and I got my show back and they paid me millions of dollars. Thank you very much. Ladies, what would you have changed? Not in his joke story, for you. Now, I I just saw that for the first time, Cindy, and thank you for that. Um, that actually brought a tear to my eye because for a long time, and I'm trying not to get emotional. <laughs> Um, for a long time, I beat myself up for walking away from a career job that paid really, really good money. And I was told by so many people, oh, you shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. But after watching that right here, right now, I don't have any more regrets because it was a racist environment. I was being used for my knowledge, for my dedication to my job. I was neglecting home, kids, homework, dinner, husband for my career until I realized. Um, they didn't give a fuck about me or my family, my home, my nothing. They didn't, I, I was, you know, I was replaceable. So when I cursed out my boss, because I did that, I knew I would be terminated and I was. <clears throat> I, for a long time, I carried that. Like, God damn it, Jackie, you should, you should have, if you would have hung in there you would be in a so uh, in a better place. You would have that six-figure job, uh, salary, and a couple businesses. You'd be on top. Well, guess what? I have integrity, mm-hmm. and that meant more to me. Not to be um, called 
ever again in my life by another white man that I worked for, a gal with a sassy attitude, and he rolled his neck with it. And I said, I can't do this. Um, but it was the best decision that I made because it's opening up the doors for new opportunities for me. So um, that's, yeah. I don't think I would have done anything different. Aww. <laughs> Long limit attention, huh? <laughs> um, I would say with me, I am taking that journey right now, um, getting everything set up so I can start working for myself. Because like you say, Miss Jackie, I, I'm tired, you know, um, making somebody else rich, I guess you could say. And... You know, with all the stuff that I know that I can do and capable of, I should have been did something. So this is my journey now to work for me, fight for me, you know. Um, so like you say, I wouldn't have did anything different, but I would, you know, now the main focus is, is me right now. It's me. Um because I want to be able to, I'm, th I'm thinking about my kids' future as well. If I can get them in a position to where they don't have to work for nobody, then that's what they're still at that age to where I can still, you know, get everything together and put them in that position. That's what I'm fighting for. Because I don't want them to ever have to work for anybody as well. And teach them how to be businessmen and businesswomen. Um, my daughter... She does her own nails. She does her, um, she does charm bracelets. She makes her own bracelets. She makes um, sculptures from resin. She taught herself all of that from, you know, not from what I've taught her, but she went and she taught herself as well. You know, she likes to wear nails. And I told her, you know, if you want to like, if you want to wear nails, I'd rather you invest in yourself than spend your money somewhere else. Teach yourself how to do nails. I'll buy the stuff. She did that. So now she don't have to spend no money with nobody because she can do her own. And so and that's that's I, I wouldn't change nothing about that. I would, you know, keep everything just the way I had it, you know, planned and set up for. I think uh, I think a lot of time you would uh James Chappelle's story is people go, oh, 50 million dollars, 50 niggas, y'all heard of inflation. $50 million ain't shit right. when you're dealing with people breathing down your fucking back. Now, we've all had jobs we all hated, probably more than one. And he was like, fuck this shit. Y'all niggas is not even, I'm not even at that pay grade. And even if I was, I don't feel like going through the stress, high blood pressure. Uh, what else do you get? Do you get what I'm saying? All the shit that comes with manhood taken away. That part. Everything on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. But it's not your company. It's not your company. That's why sometimes I always say to people, um, you know, you know when you get on the phone, and this is something that I'll do. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm good at this. So I'll be like, damn, I got to pay this on this date. You know what? I'm extended for two more days, and then I'm going to pay. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm that person that will call and say, hello, Hi. So my bill is due this day, but I just need like two days. So if you could just roll that over 
And then to hear somebody on the line go, well, when do you think you can pay it? Let me ask you a question. Is this your granddaddy's company? I'm going to need you to calm the fuck down. Type in what the fuck I told you, and you will get your motherfucking money. Right. I, like, this is, like, how I feel. Like, unless it's yours, right? And there's nothing better than having yours. Because you, a, a business is like a baby. Any creative ideas you have, it's a baby, right? And who's going to desecrate that baby? Except for there are people that thrive off of other people's inventions, other people's creativity. Mm-hmm. Other people's. And if we could kind of break that, because I, I said to someone the other day, I probably have three, four red light camera tickets because they have if every block. You If you can't go past 25, you I got all these fucking shits coming to my house. And I said to myself, does the black man that invented this shit gets his cut still? Because I know we don't. Not as much as the city gets. Texas, uh, the, the governor, uh, the, where everybody, they banned that. So they stopped it. They still have the little light, the cameras, you know, for accident purposes. But they can't take pictures of our tags no more. They can't find us. They can't bill us. I need to come live in Texas. And the stuff that, you know, a lot of, like, I, you can be, the light could be green and they snapping a the picture like, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah. They, they're, they're all over D.C., but only where the poorest people live. And Maryland, where the poorest people live. And that's live. crazy because they're not in the hood here. They're in the suburban areas. Oh, no. They're in the hoods here. So they're going to bleed the poor people mm-hmm. for everything they've got. Because if you think about it, those are the largest consumers. Yeah. They're the ones that want to keep up with the Joneses. So they're all about the labels. and Or they're their big paycheck. Because if they don't, if they can't pay it, guess where they're going? To jail. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. They shake them down for mm-hmm. everything those community have, but they're all around. They're supposed to be put up in uh, school zones. Mm-hmm. They're just on a regular street. No school. Yeah. And nobody's checking them. Here's my thing, ladies. Um, I'm looking for one of these uh, super badass shitty companies and putting it on fucking document. Nothing less than $100 billion. And we could talk. <laughs> Right. Just give it a buck. I'm just saying, lots of people gotta take care of some people. It is what it is. But yeah, I'm 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 at the point where I'm just like, eh, eh. you know, I did have a I, I I've had people tell me that maybe I shouldn't take on the stress of doing this, and I was like, well, who's gonna who's gonna do it? Well, other people. I was like, nah, they, they ain't doing it like I'm doing it. Right. <laughs> And they was like, well, you know, you can't really. And I said, but it's like a dream. Remember when you were a little girl, you had a dream? So when I was little, I wanted to be a lawyer. And somebody fucked that. Somebody white totally fucked that up for me. Totally fucked it up in the worst fucking way. I think I told this story. I go, the Jewish lady at the school, because you know the Jews, they, you know, when they like you, they try to hook you up and shit. And she sent me to Manhattan Law Firm. I'm supposed to be interning. I get there. The dude that owns the company is out golfing. 
he leaves the blonde haired blue eyed lady. She shows me the office. Nobody blacks in the office. The person doing the trash is like Filipino or some shit. I get home. I'm feeling good because this summer I'm about I'm a work at a law firm and I'm gonna learn some shit. I ain't gonna make no money, but it's cool. It's cool because I'm learning some shit. And I get to school and the teacher said to me, I think leave it with whatever. She was Jewish. She said, What happened? I said, When it when it mean what happened, it, it was good. She she showed me the office. She said, You cursed her out. You told her. You want your motherfucking money. If you don't get fucking paid, you ain't fucking coming in. I said, this is why white people think we talk. <laughs> That's what I thought first. And then I said to the lady, huh? I was so, com- I was 15. I was confused. I didn't know adults could lie like that. I know they lie, but I, you know, and I remember going home. I remember crying to my grandmother and saying, I really wanted it. I wanted to do that. I wouldn't be doing this. I really wanted it. Like this is, I wanted to learn. And my grandma said, what, the, what are you crying for? I said, but I, she said, that lady did you a favor. Mm-hmm. You would have been the only black person there. Something went missing, your fault. Something went wrong, your fault. She did you a fucking favor. We cannot cry over shit that has nothing to do with us. And sometimes our purpose is something else. So a lot of times we'll look at something to go, well, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do music and I wanted to do basketball. And I'm not saying all the things that they expect our kids to do, but uh, you know, and then we don't do it. And then next, you know, we're what we're bus operators where I'm trying to think what else we're uh, flight attendants, you know, regular shit. Um, and it's not regular shit because the world goes around, but, I just, I thought about how my life has shifted so much. I ain't supposed to be here, but my life has shifted so much. So when I watched that with Dave, I I thought about that. I thought about how every day in our lives, there's stress. And including the listeners, there's so much stress. And you're being pulled in a million fucking pieces. And sometimes it's good to sit down with your stones and just breathe. Mm-hmm. It'll come to you. You can't even like stress yourself out or worry about what anyone's thinking or anyone feels about you. And I think that's why, you know, when I think of community, I don't even think of something big. I think of community as just a few people that are there for you that you can bounce off, you know, that you can rely on and they can rely on you. It's not a whole bunch of fucking people. I know it sounds like talented 10 type shit. W.B. Du Bois, you know, uh, he did his own fuckery. But for me, it's just, it. like you said, Jack, integrity. Like you said, Jamaica, it's really about just, just doing for yourself and taking it to the next level. And this leads me to what are you grateful for? Um, name three things you're grateful for. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Um life that's number one just to be able to open my eyes in the morning at this nice old older age um my children to be able to see them smile and opportunity i get another opportunity to make a difference 
and this lifetime. Those are three things that I'm grateful for. I would have to say two of the same things. I would say life, you know, you know, if I wasn't here, I wouldn't be able to do the things that I do and take care of my family. Then my kids, they motivate me and I motiv try to motivate them as well. And I would say the last thing I think is, you know, being a part of this sisterhood, that means a lot to me, being around some amazing women. You ladies are the best, you know, to have somebody that you can actually call a sister that, you know, that's just a wonderful feeling. So Aww. I'm very grateful for you all. I didn't pay her to say that, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. No, um, uh, three things. Um, those who have kept come into my life that brings so much value. Those who left because I couldn't give them anymore. I couldn't fucking feed them enough because they were greedy. And those same motherfucking filthy bastards is going to have to come and kiss my ass. But I promise you, you'll kiss Jamaica's ass, Jackie's ass. You got to go through a slew of fucking people before you get to me again. Yeah? You hear me? Thank you. <laughs> Can I just piggyback off of that? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people make moves without thinking about who they're making moves on, what right. they're doing, how they hurt others. They don't think, they just react. And um, it's not a good thing. And yes, you were right. What goes around will come all the way back around again. You'll see them again. It's consequences, honey. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Always. I think, I think, I thank you, ladies. I thank y'all for, for coming. I was going to do this solo. I was going to just be like, fuck it. I'm going to play the video. I'm going to say my little stupid commentary because I know like we took like three weeks off or some shit like that. And I was like, damn, they probably, you know, you get acclimated with your Sundays. And then when you kind of miss it, you're kind of like, eh, was doing this on this you know what i'm saying and so no i got it right um but i want to thank you ladies because you didn't have to but you did and i appreciate you i appreciate your talents uh your integrity your just everything tell ray and forget about him um <laughs> everything like just it's just so much and i i don't think people understand what it truly means to have people that your mind runs on because you just want to see greatness for them. Mm -hmm. Because greatness for them means greatness for fucking you. Such a simple formula, but not everybody gets that. Some people think they have to cut off heads, decapitate people, to be the ruler of all fucking rulers. Who is going to follow such a merciless king or queen? Who will respect you? Who will not walk on your grave and spit on it all day and talk about you for years to come as the scum you was and lies could be thrown on you? And guess what? People are going to believe those lies because you were not a good fucking ruler. And if we're playing chess, who the fuck jumps out and loses their mind on those that have been there for them? That's some checker shit. Matter of fact, that's Twister. We on top of each other, all types of crazy shit. 
It's Connect Four. <laughs> yeah, I was getting ready to say. <laughs> you make out your place. Connect Four, right? And and you know how they it slide the ball. Four. They slide the ball across at the bottom, and all the checkers fall out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and we all fall down. <laughs> That's Connect Four. Okay. Oh my God, y'all are funny, ladies. Tell them where they can find you. And we'll be out. This is Divine Femininity. You can check us out on thewakeupradio.com. We're also on otwtube.com. You can listen to us on, if you go to On The Wake Up Radio, on iHeart, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, fucking any fucking podcast. We're on there. But we prefer you to come to otwtube.com, T-U-B-E, O-T-W-T-U-B-E.com, because it's ours. And we get to say what we want to say. And no one could tell us uncensored free speech to be yourself, regardless of what your message is. I'm for, I'm for everyone's ideology. I mean, within reason, right? But nonetheless, we'll figure that out when it gets horrible. I'll let y'all press the button on that. You'll be like, uh-uh, I don't like that bitch. Fuck <laughs> 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 okay, right, Petty. Um, so tell them where to find you, ladies. Okay. Oh, my, um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Jam, J-A-M. Porter, or on Instagram, um, it is uh, one underscore unapologetic underscore queen. That's at Instagram. So those are the only two platforms for now that you can find me at. And I am Jackie Q. Um, my business is Joni's Products. And you can check us out at Joni underscore products on instagram and on facebook is at joni products fb you can also email us at joni products at gmail.com and thank you yay ladies i want to thank you ladies for coming through i love y'all very much i'm cindy ashby and go forth and be great we're going to listen to some motivation before we Peace. I'm in a whole love affair with my blackness. Although sometimes it could be challenging to love what is so hated and berated, but I can't imagine living life without her. She leaves my soul elated. Oh, my beautiful blackness. She rises every morning to be kissed by the rays of the sun and shakes her head as she blocks the hate of the world that loves no one. It is not her essence that they pretend to admire and spend millions to emulate. But it's the kings that grow inside her womb, for they fear the power that my blackness procreates. They say imitation is the highest form of flattery, but nothing short of assault, battery, and theft of my blackness has been accepted and normalized. She's not remotely flattered, as the color of her skin still offends, igniting hatred even among her own sons and brethren. Yet my blackness trends around the globe, creating everyone's dividends, and she never sells out, wavers, or give in. She's never forsaken my heart. She deserves nothing less than the respect, life, and love she has given until death do us all part. Jackie, woo, woo. Thank you.
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's my first time hearing it live. Thank you. <laughs> No, that was dope. It's one more. It's one more thing I want to play, and and we're totally out. We're totally out after this. But I, I think I, I want to play this. Tell them to go to on the wake up radio Flawed individual. Thanks for keeping the lights on, Diane. On the wake up. Check out my podcast show, Thoughts of a Light Skinned Woman, Thursdays at 9 p.m. I talk about everything and anything. I'm all about sharing what I know and about learning as well. Hi, I'm Jackie Q, an owner of Joni Hair Skin and Wellness Products. All of our products are made by hand and infused with nature's healing powers, beautiful essential oils blended to perfection, and lots of love. Try our Butter Soft Shea and Fragrance Collection for women and for men, and our best-selling conditioning beard oil. We are now partnered with Coco Shea and her scented soaps that are heavenly. So please join the Joni family at joniproducts.square.site and on Instagram at Joni underscore products and Facebook at Joni Products FB. Spread the love. Here at Organic Dispensary LLC, we are committed to keeping our communities healthy with 100% safe and effective immune building products. Our wire-crafted purple sea moss is our top seller and is proven to contain 92 of the 102 minerals present in the body and necessary for maintaining good health. Visit our line of organic products at OrganicDispensaryLLC.com That's OrganicDispensaryLLC.com and get back to natural, healthy immune system. This is It's Miss Max, health and culture owner of Ministry and Wellness where we offer alternative solutions for people dealing with sleep, stress and anxiety. Did you know 70% of Americans only get one good night of sleep a month, while another 11% report having insufficient sleep every night? Let me help you get the rest you need, while helping with your stress and discomfort through natural solutions that won't leave side effects. You deserve to be the best version of yourself. Visit ministryandwellness.com That's ministry andwellness.com for my hand-picked and affordable selection. Have questions about our products? No problem. Book your free consultation with health and wellness advocate Maxine Sinclair or call 855-200-2774. That's 855-200-2774. Coco Shema offers the best selection of our formulated natural organic hair and body care products at unbeatable prices. Our hair and body loving goodies have become synonymous with the quality of the highest industry standards. 
we ensure a continuous variety of fantastic products along with unique limited edition and seasonal items that fit any budget. Coco Shema creates handcrafted, decadently personalised body care products for total pampering and enrichment so that your mind is relaxed, your body feels better and your soul is inspired. Come explore at www.cocoshema.com That's www.cocoshema.com how to sign up for OTW2. Type in OTW2 in your browser. It will bring up the home page. Then you click the little man with the plus sign to open up an account. Use your best email, select a username, and then enter a good secure password. Now you're at the home page. Click the key to log in to your account using your password with your username. Now search in the search bar for OTW2, which is the page we're going to subscribe to. Click subscribe, click add as friend, as well as click where the videos are. Click on a video to view, like that video, as well as comment. And your exercise is done. Thank you for your support.